Our best defense has been social distancing. No handshaking, staying home when you're sick, washing your hands frequently. Did you wash your hands? Welcome to a special edition of Old Fashioned Health on The Real 1100. As we continue to deal with the coronavirus pandemic that has affected the world over, your hosts Alvin and Edmund will be joined by medical professionals that will keep you informed, safe, and healthy inside and out. And now, here are your hosts, Alvin and Edmund. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? This is Alvin. And Edmund, what's up, everybody out there? He on the Old Fashioned Health Show, Good Health Inside and Out. You know what? It is absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. Outside. Yes, it and is. Good. Yes, it is. Greg, you got to turn some light on it now. I don't like all that sitting in the dark and all that kind of thing. What kind of spirit? You know, that, that ain't of God right there. You're going to get us some light going on in there. That's how you get your energy flowing what, right what if the What if the light is bad? What uh -oh. if the light is evil? Oh, but the, no. light, the light ain't evil because see that little dim one over there? It's like two people on the show, the little dim light and then the little bright light. That bright light works. Bright light always works. <laughs> What's going on, Greg? How you doing, man? Oh, I know what all I right. want to ask you about, Greg. Okay, give me your opinion on this. You know, Deion Sanders coach at Jackson State, right? I know you've been keeping up with the you news. You stole his stuff. That's what we doing today. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we doing today. <laughs> Greg, you know, it's it like, you. so get this. Do you think he like over, over, uh, um, he's feeling a little too comfortable to be leaving. His, he, he left his, two things have gotten stolen. One got stolen, the other one came up all of a sudden. His jukebox, right? So he's out there practicing and he had this boom box that he just left. He had it in the truck mm -hmm. or wherever he had it at and he was playing. And then it came up missing. Now you you out there practicing football with everybody watching, and, yeah. then, and then it was gone. Then the next time we had our first game, supposedly suspiciously, his bag with all his jewelry and credit cards and all that stuff yeah. came up missing. So he gets on the news and he's happy about the game, but he was a little upset because his stuff was missing. Wouldn't you be? I'll be. But, but well, let me finish. Right. Let me finish. I did one of your numbers. Then. Right. I no, no, no. You, but go ahead. So what he did was <laughs> he started. He, so he, he was ups, he was upset about it. Now you on national TV, mm -hmm. and the thing you said was you're trying to make a difference for the African American community. I get where he's coming from, and I would have been mad to it. So he had to put the pressure. What he did was he said that uh, he wasn't happy about what happened, and he's happy he's happy about the game, bittersweet. But uh, we got to do better and love, so forth, you know, so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. Now Stephen A. Smith said that he handled it wrong. I had a conversation with my brother, and so he was like, you know, but we had, he had to, so it's almost like putting, it, it made the university, it made it appear as something that the university could do. But it was at the stadium that is actually controlled by city police. And so it made us look like, it, it kind of made it look like the school is not looking out for you. But then, you know, as, 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 uh, as, as I talked more with my brother about it, it made it, it, I felt a little bit better about it. And then I talked to one of the alumni members that said, uh, well, he did the right thing. Go ahead on and, and just expose it for what's going on so something can be done about it. So then I kind of understood a little bit. But I know it don't take but a little bit for the African-American community to suffer more than anybody else. All mm -hmm. you got to do is say it's it, it, the least little thing that we do mm -hmm. is is polarized to be the worst thing so then you're gonna stop thinking oh they still at jackson state at hbcu's period and that's not always it, it happens at everybody's school yeah so it just made it feel a little funny so greg you know you're in the sports you're the sports announcer what, what was your thoughts on that what's your team say <laughs> um i mean did he overreact I, it, it was it's gonna look that way but uh -huh. hey these things are important if right it's, you know your phone and wallet and those things are important to yes, you. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, 
So maybe in the moment it looked it looked bad because that's what it's focused on. It's not on the football. Well, the right, game's right. over. They already won. <laughs> right, right. It's over. Right. Um, I just think he need the, they, he needs a guy to watch his stuff. They needed the, a, a, a special security guy just for his stuff because this is the second time he's been robbed. Yeah, second time. Well, yeah. What did they get the first time? His boombox. Yes. That's, that's. It was in the truck. Okay, what kind of boom? Could it was it replaceable? I mean, what? no, no. Let, let me <clears throat> let me finish my my thought process on that. Okay, so the 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 element of the personal items, the jewelry, and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I get that. I understand that. You right. know, um, but anything that's his, you know, anything that's his, right? I, but I'm thinking like a bag of items. You know, that's like you know he's attached to, and that really means something. Could have been some sentimental value or whatever right. with the jewelry elements or whatever. Like versus the boombox. So when Greg said this is like the second time, I was thinking maybe like his personal bag had gotten missing okay. again or whatever. Right. Boombox. I'm not gonna discount you know that element of it, but you know if it's out there and and we know people everywhere still. Right. So if it's left in the truck and it gets missing, okay, that got missing. But someone goes and you're. Taking something personal, even though that was personal too. I I don't know. Maybe man, I would listen. When you said jury, you got me because I know. When I go but, through but the you know, any, I, anything, <laughs> anything that you anything that is yours and somebody <clears throat> take it away from you, it's, it just I don't give us a bottle of water. It. Like, like yeah. why you take my water? You yeah. know, I'm, I'm about ready. So I get it. And Greg's right. I think that they. I think I think now what's happening is someone is kind of monitoring and make sure. I got to take him. The coach should be taken care of. He, they, mm-hmm. they should be. It should be a personal assistant right there for him for those different things. In yeah. my opinion. Yeah, he, he. There should be certain measures to to take care of, to, to watch out for him because he's not just bringing. He's bringing a lot of publicity to, to the school. school. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. they're going to be on. Um, like he led Sports Center, and they play. I mean, Edward Waters is an NAIA school. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it's it's Division Four, mm-hmm. and they they led Sports Center. And it's basically an exhibition game. Right. So because of him, he's going to bring a lot of publicity to the school. Right, a right. lot of eyes are going to be on it. So they, I, they should take measures to watch out for him. Because yeah. I think I think he will continue to be targeted. Right. And, and that's all aspects, too. Even even he needs somebody to be, like, shallowing him to make sure, hey, uh, that might not be the person you need to be talking to. Because, you know, just kind of buffer him. He needs a buffer around him for mm-hmm. all things because the whole. A wingman. Yeah, he needs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and, I think and maybe, maybe with him addressing that, that may be something, or you know, he may have just been reacting. To I would have been mad too. I would. Yeah, been you would have been mad. Yeah, don't been even pissed. your mouth wouldn't. No one would have been no, able no, to tell you, control now, I, you. I, over I, that I situation. know how I can be, but I'm. I, I think a little faster than when I react certain certain situations. I would have. I. Think so you I, think that maybe he should not have addressed it? No, no, I didn't say that. Okay. No, no, I, I just no, he should have addressed. It. I just said the. See, the, the media had him on national television. He, that's the first thing he, he got a chance. And, of course, he's like, now he, he even said, you know, I might have should have handled it different yeah. because he know he knows the impact as well. That's what He's he's himself saying, I, I should have handled it differently. Well, I, I guess, yeah. I, I guess well, you have, question, you have, you, how, how would you have handled it? If, you're, well, if it's well, a natural well, reaction you, response. I'll tell you what I would have done. If, if even he's saying he should have handled it better. I probably would have, you know, not did it over the national media. But when I got back to to the campus and did everything I need to talk to the president or whatever, we'd have had we'd have had a come to Jesus meeting. I'm not gonna be here, and y'all not. Somebody needs to take care of me. I mean, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have aired what's going on at home to the public. Because okay. I'm always thinking yeah. about home. That's what. That's okay. What I, okay. That's I think I would have. I see where you come from. 
But anyway, I think Dr. Elizabeth Collin with her opened up the show uh, with our Black National Anthem like we always do. And everybody's playing the Black National Anthem. Yes, National Anthem. you, you put that really out in the really universe. You yes, and listen, everybody's doing it. So. We give props to you because right, you, you started that, that whole movement. I did put the air out there. Yeah. yeah, you did do that. All right, y'all, we're going to kick the show off with the Black National Anthem. We'll come back. Dr. Elizabeth is in the house today. So uh, we'll be right back.
This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about Enmask.com. Enmask.com is my only source for non-surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E-N-M-A-S-K-S.com for quality masks made in America. Just for Pets Wellness Center reminds old-fashioned health listeners and pet owners to never leave pets unattended inside a parked vehicle, not even for a quick errand. Temperatures can rise to dangerous levels fast. Visit our website for more information at www.just4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. Be sure to listen to The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell, a podcast that explores emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In The Enclave, we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, spirituality, and even decision-making. The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All right, all right, all right, we're back. What's up, what's up? What's up, everybody? All right, now listen, we have Dr. Elizabeth in the house. Doc, how you been and where you been? <laughs> you know what? I tell you, Doc's been dealing with a lot of stuff, and uh, he um, he is now feeling rather energetic. You know why he's feeling energetic? Tell us why, Doc. Because, because the sun is starting to come out, and I, I think it really does affect me. When the sun comes down on me, I think I feel like I have more energy. Or yes, Doc, I'm with you. I'm with you. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, you know, having said that, I, you know, I know people are restless right now, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're restless. And, you know, I, I've seen people um, start to bring out some of their summer clothes already, <laughs> uh, especially on a couple of days when we, we got up close to 70, right in the 70s. And, and uh, you know, with that, you know, you want people to see your face. Right. So you not only want to, you know, show them your body, you know, because everybody's been showing their body, even with COVID, they've been showing their body on um on Instagram and, and, and TikTok and, you know, and but now they want people to see their faces. And I think we, right. we have to be careful, folks, because this thing with COVID is not gone yet. Okay. And one of the problems that we're starting to see is that a lot of folks are starting to get some of these neurological symptoms. And one of the main ones that you may not know is associated with COVID is what they call brain fog. Mm. And it can come in a number of different varieties, like from short-term memory loss to, you know, even a little confusion. But how about inability to concentrate? Oh, wow. Mm. So you might think that this inability to concentrate is just being locked up, you know, so much. And that, and that you know, I just need to get out for a bit. Maybe there's some truth to that. But, but also, this COVID thing is getting into the neural system and it's affecting the brain processing. Mm. And so we have to be very careful. Um, what are some of the other things that, that we're seeing, you know, with these neurological symptoms? You know, some people are getting more headaches. Yeah. That could be COVID. Yeah. Dizziness. You know, we all know about the loss of smell and taste, but some people it's not coming back. It's lingering. Oh, man. Yeah, they call them what, long haulers? Is that, is that what they call them? Long hauler effect? What, what's, they, what's the name for it? Well, well long haulers is, is, is dealing with some of that, that smell and taste, but it's also dealing with the shortness of breath. Mm. Okay? It's dealing with... Um, um, some of the physical problems, you know, some of the long haulers, man, these, these people are, are 
debilitated. Uh, they they can't walk from one you know part of the room to the other. They have fatigue and they have uh, someone had that chronic cough. They have that joint pain and what well, a chest pain with it. Um, and then a lot of folks are getting this depression. And mm. you think that this is being unreasonable, but these people have some form of depression or they might even have anxiety where they just can't control it. And it may be that the the um, virus has gotten into the nervous system and is causing some of the filters to come off of them. Some people get more emotional. They're having intermittent fever and headache. So all of that can be associated with that long haulers part. Okay. This okay. other part I'm talking about is the, the the brain fog, which a lot of older people are getting for sure, and we're still seeing in younger people as well. See, I'm starting to get some feedback. Are you guys hearing that? I, I can hear you, but I don't hear any feedback. You, you so you hear echo? Okay, okay great. All right, good. So, um, so what some of the things that we could probably look at? You know, if you have some of those symptoms, you know, I always go back to my basics, right? So. You want to try and get some type of supplement I would start with first, right? right. And, and what's our goal, okay? I think for anything, you know, we, we all want these same things, like to improve our memory, right? right. How about focus and alertness? I mean, we all want that. Enhanced learning, you know, verbal recall. So I know my mom, she had COVID. I thought she had no symptoms whatsoever. And she's now starting to have some problems verbalizing trying to get her words, like her thoughts are there, but she can't get it out as fast as she's thinking. She never had that problem before COVID. Mm. She still thinks well, so that analytical ability is there. Uh, She can sit down and and tell you what's going on with the news and be able to analyze it for you, but sometimes the words will come out slurred or she'll have a problem putting them together. And, you know, she's had some tests. They haven't found anything. So I think she's got this brain fog, and she says she feels like her brain is foggy. I feel like it's foggy. So that's how she describes it. Um, but your supplements want to, you know, they want to deal with that. They want to help with the analytical thinking. But, you know, your supplements should also help with your mental energy. And I mean, like, how fast you 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 um, actually um, can get from one subject to another or get through complex tasks and that kind of thing. It should also help with enhancing your creativity, reduce your stress, and fight that, that whole ability of, your cognition, your ability to be able to put things together readily, uh, your, to calculate. It should fight that cognitive decline. And so, um, you know, where would you look first? Well, you know, right now the scientists are looking all kinds of ways to try and figure out what's going on. And there's something going on in San Antonio, Texas, which I'm, I'm really hopeful for. They're actually looking at people with these MRIs and they're being able to tell some of the changes in people's brains that they've actually been able to identify having post-COVID symptoms, meaning that you have not, um, that this is not in your mind, that it really is something physical that has taken place inside of your brain, almost like with, like with Alzheimer's, what, something what? has happened and that we need to address it. Okay. Well, Doc, let me tell you. So let me let me tell you. Uh, so I'm, since you're talking about this, I just want to tell you what happened with me since I had COVID. Uh, uh-huh. I did notice after a while, it, it it is really true. You do feel like you have a, a delayed or brain fog, or like you just can't can't really get stuff. It's it's um like you're not as sharp as you was at first as you were at first. Uh, 
and it and it and it really feels like wait a minute I I used to cut I why can't why can't I it it just it seemed like it's a delayed reaction but here's what I also found out this is like after the first so you you don't see it till after like a couple of weeks after you had it and you cleared of it and then two weeks later then you start noticing that okay why am I not able to spell these words quick as I used to or why is mm-hmm. it seeming seeming a little delayed or why can't I really really it's it's almost like a slow reaction or delayed or forgetful things or something like that. But guess when I figured out it got better. So I had okay. been, I lately I've been working. Remember I sent you a copy of this app that I was working on, right? Right. The more I exercise my brain, it just seemed to just get sharper. Now for some reason, I can recall and just do multiple things that at first I wasn't able to do. Which is the same thing was strange when I had. The, uh, I lost a sense of smell. Right? Well, I didn't lose a sense of smell. <clears throat> what happened with mine, my sense of smell just peaked, and I could smell everything. I mean, literally everything. So, so to the point, I could, I could have a banana in another room and could smell a banana, and I've never been able to do yeah. that before. So it's, it's like the sense was heightened. Like I hear people say, theirs got taken away, mine got heightened. And then after I got, after the COVID was gone, then I started having delayed reactions to, I started hearing people talking about brain fog, but I was kind of wanting to believe it, wanting to believe that that wasn't the case. But I noticed it in myself, and I started noticing that I was like, I was like not spelling stuff. I already spelling was already not mine of my strongest suit, but it was worse. <laughs> and I started like, what what is going on? And I and it seemed like I was not, I was it, everything was delayed, just like you're talking about. But then it seemed like the more you exercise that brain muscle, it completely just goes away. Because like when I was working on this app. It may, I have to write a lot of code when I'm dealing with the app. So I was coding, and then I had to do upgrades to my to several websites. And it's a technical issue that you have to know some coding and some stuff that you have to do. And now I'm just, like, better than I was at first. So I don't even understand what COVID, I don't know what it is with the COVID, with the brain thing. I, I don't understand. And it's scary, too, because you start thinking, like, I'm hoping that I'm not in first stages of Alzheimer's. What's going, it's, it's scary if, you, if it happens to you. It's got to be scary, and you're doing all the right things, for sure, Uh, and that is pushing the brain, because one of the things that we have found through research is that that we were told when we were young that, you know, once you get brain cells, that's all you get. You know, Mm -hmm. you blow them, you don't get anymore. Well, that's not true. Um, You can actually get, uh, or you are always getting new brain cells in. Right. Okay, so so that's important to realize. And so if we're getting new ones all the time, then what we have to do is make sure that we are um, getting them to function at their maximum capacity. Right. So then, uh, if one area is lacking a little bit, another part of the brain will pick it up. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you've been doing. You've been exercising it and keeping those highways connecting and making sure that your, your brain doesn't um, start to slow down. But a lot of people, what they do is they just give up and they don't keep doing these, we call them neural exercise. Right. They don't do the neural exercise. They don't challenge the brain. Right. And if you don't challenge the brain, it's just like a muscle. If you don't challenge your muscle, it gets flabby. Yeah. It'll get flabby. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how much weight you lifted in the past. If you don't continue to lift weight, then that muscle will weaken. The brain is the same way. So you are absolutely doing the right things. The other thing that you do is you take in a lot of um, raw nutrients. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And so in those raw nutrients are going to be your vitamins and minerals and stuff. And some of the main ones that are involved in brain function is, of course, your, your B vitamins. 
You want to make sure you're getting good B vitamins in there. And the best source, again, is going to be through your foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, your vitamin C, you know, I'm always talking about vitamin C. I'm always, you know, because it's a scavenger. So when you have damage to an area, you need some of this, these free radical scavengers to go out there and pick them up and keep the damage at a minimum. And we call those antioxidants. Okay. And so one of your best antioxidants uh, is vitamin C. Another good one we talk about, we used to talk about all the time, was glutathione, because glutathione is one of the strongest antioxidants that you can actually put into your body. So, but vitamin C is definitely one. Vitamin E is an antioxidant. It has some other um, great factors as well. But now I will caution you, if you're going to have surgery or something like that, let mm-hmm. your doctor know if you're on vitamin E, because vitamin E can cause your blood to not clot as fast. Mm. And, and that's a great thing as far as strokes and that kind of stuff is concerned, right? Yeah. Um, but it's not as good if you're going to be cut on and the doctor doesn't know because he's got to figure out a way to stop that bleeding. Right. So you want to do that, all right? Magnesium is another one that is uh, important. Choline and zinc. You know, we always talk about zinc. Zinc being right. you know, involved in the immune system along with vitamin C being along in the, in the involved in the immune system. B vitamins are very, very important in the immune system. Magnesium is important in the immune system. And here it comes again, they're not only important in the immune system, but they're also important in the neurological system. Okay. All right. Now, one I haven't talked to you about in the past is phosphatidylserine. Phosphatidylserine. This is in a, in a whole different class of uh, compounds within the body, uh, it's a part. It's in the fat class. We call them phospholipids, and it releases a neurotransmitter. So, neurotransmitter no more than a a compound that kind of carries an electrical impulse that has uh, that's come from some part of the, the 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 body or somewhere that the body has to interpret it, and it goes to the brain, and the brain interprets it and sends that back. To whatever area it is that it needs to be um, uh, processed, mm-hmm. it needs to be processed. And the way that that's done is through these things called neurotransmitters. Okay. And one of the main ones that's released by phosphatidylcholine, there's a lot of neurotransmitters, is one called acetylcholine. It's one that we know an awful lot about. It's one around one of the ones that was delineated many, 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 many years ago. Uh, so there's, uh, we, we absolutely know that this is important in that. And, and I, I said to you that choline was one of the, um, the things you need to take, right? Choline. Mm-hmm. Well, choline is metabolized or processed into acetylcholine, which is a neurotransmitter. And phosphatidylserine is one of those things that actually stimulates the formation of acetylcholine. So you want to take a little phosphatidylserine. You'll read about some other things that are out there online, you know, if you go online and that kind of thing. Uh, you, you have to watch a lot of these products trying to promote their products, and we have the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to say which ones are the best ones. Uh, I question whether uh, this one that's being sold and is being really advertised a lot is really as good as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had a lot of people say it didn't work for them, but it was called Prevagen. Um, mm-hmm. Some people say they've had some results. I had a lot of people say they didn't. And, and I think one of the reasons is it doesn't have phosphatidylcholine in it. So... Um, you know, get your, your, your multivitamins in there, you know, your B vitamins, your choline, your vitamin C, your vitamin E. Um, uh, make sure you get those on board. Do your mental exercises. Try to get a little phosphatidylserine if you're having some mental fog. But, again, the main thing is 
get that movement, get that oxygen in there, um, take some deep breaths, go out for some walks, get a little exercise, get your sleep, and then make sure that right, um, right. you are doing some mental exercises. Now, there are a lot of exercises out there that you can do. There's a, a lot of programs out there that you can do, depending on what your weakness is. There's one called Lumosity. You may have heard about it was advertised a few years ago a lot, and then all of a sudden it stopped being advertised as much. I think people stopped using it. It is. I don't have anything to do with it, but I can tell you it is a marvelous um, program to be with because they tell you where your weaknesses are. It costs right. you about 20, 30, 40 bucks a year to do it, um, but it's something you can do every day, and you can measure yourself against people your own age and then even younger. So okay. as you get better, you can see how strong you are against people that are even younger than you. Okay. So. Uh, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful program. If you're having problems with like memory, it will test your memory. If you're having problems with hand-eye coordination, it'll do that. If you're having problems with um, calculating fast, um, it will give you special tests and stuff that will you know try to bring that part up for you. So it's a software. Um, I mean, it's, it's a game of some sort. Yeah, it's games that you can get online. You can get it on your phone. You okay. can get it on your your, your computer. It's okay. called Lumosity. Oh yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. I heard it. I heard that. Yeah, Luminosity. Yeah, okay. Luminosity. Yeah. It is, man. It is. It it's fun. Okay. It's challenging. Um, they keep changing the games, and uh, you will never be able to get where you can master all of them. That's for sure. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know what? There's one. There's other ones out there too. There's other ones out there as well. Okay. okay. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm not going to hold you up. We got thank Dr. Hines is called in next. Doc, thank you so much for calling in. I'm going to call no you up. I'm going to call you out after the uh, after the show is over. All right. Very oh, good. Oh. Nice to talk to you guys. Love you as well. And uh, stay healthy. Right. Be careful. Wear your mask. Keep washing your hands. Social distance, you know, as much as you can. Uh, but be careful. All right. So, Doc. so wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you. Is, 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 uh, um, is it still. Um, What's the name of your practice? Can we still use that same commercial? Oh, SmartPlex ATL. Yes. Yeah, we've been busy lately. We've been busy. I mean, uh, I was surprised. People are starting to look at themselves in the mirror and they're saying, you know what? What I want to do now is I want to, uh, I I want that younger look. And so we've been posting a lot of pictures on my Facebook, Elmore Alexander on Facebook. And uh, if you want to see some things, I've even surprised myself with some of the outcomes of uh, some of these new techniques we've been using. Um, Incredible stuff. So if you want to see something that, um, is <laughs> will blow your mind a little bit. Non-surgical things that we're doing. Go to uh, my Facebook, Elmore Alexander, and you are going to see some things that are going to blow your mind. And uh, can we, give us a call. Can we still use that uh, SmartPlex ATL? SmartPlex ATL. Same phone number and everything, right? And website. Same phone number. The, the address has changed. I have moved my address, but okay. uh, all that information is out there. You can find me. Okay, I just want to know before we ran the commercial again. That's all. We was trying to verify that was saying. Oh yes, yeah, it, the uh, the address is different, but the um, the phone number is is the same. It okay. is the same. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, Doc. Thank you okay. so much. I appreciate it. All right, Doc. All be right, safe. Be blessed, man. Have a All right. Day. All right, Evan. Bye bye. All right, y'all. That was Doctor Alexander calling in. He had some good information to share with us about this coronavirus and the after effects. I'd never shared that with anybody. Telling them the stuff that I that I had experienced. Yeah. And the benefits. That, I mean, how it's like. A thousand percent better than it once was. It, it's it's really weird. If you not if you had coronavirus to the extreme, like it, it's 
the afterwards is, is really interesting. And it could be either good or bad on either side. But Dr. Hines is going to tell us a little bit more, but I think she's on the line. Now, Dr. Hines, how you doing? Hey, Doc, how's it going? Hello. Hello, gentlemen. How are you all doing today? Doing well, great. Doing well. I don't know if you heard what we were talking about. We were talking about some of the, uh, after the side effects from the coronavirus, and I shared with some of yeah. the things that I'd gone through. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that, that uh, I currently went through even afterwards that were interesting to me and uh and not on the negative side i mean it started out as negative i was telling them i had the fogginess and the brain freeze and and kind of delayed reaction to things to the point that it was kind of bothering but i didn't want i didn't share it with anybody because it was kind of a little scary sure and then after a while it just turned all the way around and got me on a level that i had not been to before like uh i i kept working through it like uh because you know i developed the websites and apps and all that kind of stuff so i think i was constantly using my brain uh, and it kept me going, and then it just got it got better. I don't even know how to explain it to you, but it it is scary on the other side of it when you're trying to go back to it because you it really you like am I am is something happening because your brain is not clicking like sure. that. yeah because that first after the first two weeks I really mentally couldn't I could do stuff and I wasn't like handicapped but I did notice the delay on when I would do stuff it's like okay what what's going on but then all of a sudden it just now I'm like at a it clearly resolved. I mean, yeah, yeah, well, you know, there there is uh, lots of report in the literature about these long haulers mm-hmm. and long haul symptoms. Mm-hmm. So, in general, when someone gets a viral infection, so let's say they get the flu, after that viral period is over, they feel better. They're exactly back to normal. Mm-hmm. And this was the expectation with COVID. And so, again, since this is a new phenomenon, we are all learning this all together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, patients and medical providers, we're all learning about this all at the same time together. And one of the things that we are learning is that people will have prolonged symptoms long after they have even cleared the virus from their body. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, for example, you know, I'll point you to my aunt who I had on the show back in August. So she was infected with coronavirus back in April of last year. And by August, she still had not regained her sense of smell and taste. Okay. Um, It's back back now. But, you know, it took took quite a while for that to come back. Um, And so, you know, there are people who have uh, prolonged episodes of shortness of breath. And um, it's... It's funny that you mentioned these long-haul symptoms today because there is a case out in Arizona where the doctor wanted to get his patient a CAT scan, a CT scan of her lungs, because months or weeks after a coronavirus infection, she was still having great difficulty in terms of shortness of breath when she would exert herself. Mm. So this is a young woman who was previously healthy before her coronavirus infection, and now she can't go up a flight of stairs without having to stop and take a breath. Wow. And oh, um, yeah, you know, I saw that. So I she saw has, that. She's been past her two-week period and, and so on and so forth, and her doctor is actually fighting with her insurance company to get the CAT scan approved so that he can look further into what other things may be going on um, with her lungs as a result of her coronavirus infection. You know, Doc, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how this virus attacks your respiratory system and then it, 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 it attacks your your mental uh, capacity to do things. How, how is it going from one part of the body 
and then it attacks another part of the body, like your mental state or your um, brain functions. So really, um, you know, I know the, the big focus, and right, rightfully so, has been on coronavirus' effects on the lungs. Mm-hmm. But actually, coronavirus has, is a multi-system offender. Mm. So there are people who get pneumonia and they have the struggles with breathing to varying degrees. Uh, there are people who get corona and they have blood clots, either in their lungs or in their legs or even in their brains in the form of stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people who get corona and they have the neurological effects and even some psychological effects. Um, you know, I, I have seen one case of um, psychosis that was related to post-COVID. Okay. So, you know, this is a person who started having um, auditory hallucinations okay. um, to the point where, you know, they were having, like, religious persecution type thoughts. Really? Um, where, mm-hmm, it was a very, very interesting case uh, to see, very sad case, um, um, but very interesting to see because this, this person had no medical history at all, no history of mental disease, no family history of mental disease, and, you know, no drug use, none of that, none of the usual things that we we think of. And the only thing that they had was the COVID exposure, or the infection rather than not just exposure. Mm. So, yeah, so, you know, this is uh, COVID will will attack anything and everything, um, you know, with with, with how how it behaves. Oh, doc, now check this now. So that whole religious thing. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is one other thing that I noticed that happened to me. You know how you ever, you ever heard of the Daniel fast? You heard of the Daniel mm-hmm. fast? No. Okay, yes. You've heard. Okay, so the Daniel fast. I was. I was t- so my co- so basically for those that don't know what it is, you you take a twenty one day fast to uh, and get rid of like um, like I did. I had number um, vegetables, just nuts and grains and stuff. And water, no sugar, no none of that, no meats. So that was a Daniel fast. When I when I first did the Daniel fast, I used to love. I'm talking about love honey buns, mm-hmm. and they had mm-hmm. to be heated with a little taste of butter on top of it. When I tell you, I was so addicted. I would have one at least three times a week. I loved honey buns and Hershey bars with almonds was my absolute favorite. I did the Daniel fast. I hadn't had a and this was years ago when I did the Daniel fast. Uh, I noticed after I came out the fast. I didn't want no more almonds, no no more Hershey's. I can't matter of fact, I don't even like Hershey Hershey like that. And I lo- I like dark chocolate, but I didn't I didn't want Hershey. And I hadn't eaten a honey bun, period. It's something about because the Daniel fast supposedly when you do it, it takes something away from you. it. Takes it does. It's something with that twenty one days. You do something for twenty one days, it resets you something or something like that. But I didn't want that anymore. Now get this after the coronavirus. Um, so I, I'm really OCD about certain things, and when I go to sleep at night, if I can't have my closet door open, like if my closet door open, I would have to get up, close the closet door, and if I could see like down the hall the way my bedroom is set, I could see the uh, bathroom door or something. That door has to be closed. I cannot. I can't. It's it's just seems like I just can't go to sleep with them doors open. After the coronavirus, knocked out. Don't have no problem with it. I, I don't even, it don't even phase me. <laughs> I mean, nothing at all. It's, it's something with this. I can't explain it to you. So I'm thinking about the, this whole thing that this lady you're talking about going through with the religious thing. It's something with this coronavirus that does something to your, 
in my mind, stimuli of the brain cell. Does that sound real medical? <laughs> that did. Very good. She yeah. said. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and you're, not, you're not entirely wrong. We just don't have enough. Um, we don't have enough data. There haven't been enough studies published uh, at this point that really pinpoint. Because, you know, again, coronavirus is so ubiquitous that anything can be affected. Mm-hmm. You know, because you'll have one patient that will get a coronavirus infection and have a stroke. Another one will get coronavirus and have pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And we still don't know the rhyme or reason as to what it is that makes someone more susceptible in some ways or other ways or more susceptible at all. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, we, still don't, we still don't have those answers in a concrete fashion. So it will be very, very interesting to know what, um, you know, what after effects come, come of this and things that we can look for and hopefully ways that we can prevent these long haul symptoms. And, you know, because that's the thing, you know, particularly for people who, you know, who it it has caused, um, you know, not just disease, but disability. Um, You know, it would be nice to know how to prevent that from happening to someone else in the future should this continue so doc let me ask you how, how you I, I, we just taking up all your time i want um i have plenty of time for y'all today i am i am with it okay how long you need me here i'm here um um so how do you feel about before dr sewell calls in how do you feel about uh texas and mississippi uh opening up the gates and telling us we don't have to wear masks anymore so yeah i talked about that this morning on my show okay um because we talked about the johnson and johnson vaccines uh, that had its EUA, that's been granted its uh, EUA or early use authorization by the FDA. And we also talked about Florida and, I mean, excuse me, about Texas and Mississippi. And, yeah, I, I just disagree with it 1,000%. Okay. So President Biden says that by May, we should have enough doses for all eligible adults in this country. Okay. The projection is that by September, children will be eligible to be vaccinated. Right. But, you know, of course, if we protect all of the adults, because we know that for the most part, children are, are not as severely affected, although there are some cases. But, you know, if we can protect the majority of the adults, the kids, they'll be fine. Right. Right. For the most part. Right. And so, you know, it, it bewilders me that, we can't wait two more months before we say, you know, hey, let's just just go as in a free-for-all and take your mask off and, you know, go to bars and, and do whatever it is that you want to do, however it is that you want to do it. Right. Now, it's interesting to me because, now, let me just be the devil's advocate. If Texas and Mississippi were at a point where they had reached herd immunity levels, Right. With their vaccinations, then I would say, "Hey, go for it. Do do what you do." Right. But the truth of the matter is, that is not the case. Right. They're so, the worst one. As right? of right now, Texas has immunized about 1.5 million people. They are a state of 30 million people. Mm-hmm. You have to have at least 70 to 80 percent immunization to achieve herd immunity. So we're looking at 20, 21 million people. They have immunized 1.5. So mm-hmm. they are nowhere near close to herd immunity. Right. Right. Mississippi is even worse. Mississippi has not vaccinated one million people yet. And they don't have no water in Jackson. And, and see, there we go. Wow. 
And so here we are, you know, in Texas, and there are places in Texas, too, that still don't have clean water as a result of, you know, the winter storms and stuff that came through a couple weeks ago. Doesn't that look like it's being set up for, like, the perfect storm of, like, like it's set up to be the perfect storm. They don't have water. You already have to keep yourself hands clean and all that stuff. And now they don't have water in those two areas, and the coronavirus is not where it needs to be. Well, I'm going to tell you, water or no water, it was going. It's going to be a mess mm-hmm. um, because what's going to happen. So you have the variants that are that are in this country now, right? And we've talked about these coronavirus uh, or COVID variants. Mm-hmm. And so what happens when we don't social distance, wear our masks, and keep our hands clean? Uh, you give you give the variants an opportunity to infect more people. Mm-hmm. So what we know about the variants so far is that they are more easily spread. But what we don't know is, are they more dangerous? So far, they're not. They're just as dangerous as the original version of COVID. Um, But we don't know what the vaccines will do against the variants. We are making a scientific assumption that because structurally they are, for the most part, the same, that the vaccine will work. But if these variants take hold and become the dominant strain, we may have an ineffective vaccine. Wow. But we've done all of this for nothing. But that's the only hope that we have to look forward to right now. I understand it from an economic standpoint because, yes, economies do need to get back on track. Yes. People do need to get back to work. But if you have more people infected and more people more severely affected um, by this virus, it's not going to matter that your economy is open because you're only going to have to shut it back down again. Or like we saw in the late summer, early fall, you're going to have hospitals at capacity. And, you know, I think I shared with you all before about how I've had to transfer people outside of the state for a hospital bed. And I shared today how um, one of the hospitals that I work in in South Georgia, um, I had to borrow some ventilators, and they had to come from here in Atlanta. So somebody had to drive ventilators four hours to me. So imagine if that is you or your loved one and you're struggling to breathe and you need this ventilator support and you got to wait four hours to get it because they aren't anymore in the hospital where you are. Mm. Those are real-life situations that is not, you know, theoretical, hypothetical, all of that. These are real things. You okay. know, but we just or even talked about I don't understand media. why we can't just wait. Okay. So, Doc, you know, I want to keep you on here for this next 30 minutes, talk to you some more. But Dr. Sewell has called in, so we got her right behind you. Yes. And thank you so much for your time. And uh, please, y'all got to go watch Dr. Hines' last video she did, talked about the coronavirus. It was so good. I've had some people ask me about that video, too, Doc. It was really good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. They well, thought you I broke it down really that. good. Somebody, look, my brother, she broke that down to an elementary student can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you, you for calling me. You're welcome. Y'all Thanks, have a good week. We'll talk right. to you. You Be too. Safe. Be blessed. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, y'all. That was Dr. Hines giving us the lowdown on coronavirus and what's going on in the, in the SIP and in Texas. So Dr. Sewell is on the line. She's going to tell us how to mentally deal with it. Doc, how you doing? I'm doing um, well. And, you know, 
know, I'm from Alabama. We used to always say, thank God for Mississippi. You know why? <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. Hey, Doc, what's don't do on? that. We ain't doing that today. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, it, for whatever it is, it's Alabama 49, Mississippi 50. So <laughs> I know, right? And that's horrible. So, Doc, why, why, why you think? What is the psychological mindset of a, of a thought process that will make them want to open up Texas and Mississippi? I, I think that has to do with politics and, and money. So, since I don't want to turn into D on your show and make you lose any sponsors, not going to. <laughs> address that but i think it does have to do with politics and money at all i also think as americans mm. and that includes black people i know a lot of us like to think we're not included um right. but i think we have gotten very spoiled i think we've assimilated with with i think we've uh, assimilated to a detriment not integrated but assimilated mm. and as a result i think we picked up some of the behaviors one of the behaviors being you can't tell me what to do and we've kind of always been like that and i have my theory about about why we're like that. However, when it was dealing with common sense, mm -hmm. what I consider to be common sense, we were always kind of like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I need to protect myself and the people around me. Mm -hmm. Because when we came over, we came over with a communal um, spirit. And, and, and most uh, people of color have that. Most uh, entities have that. It's, it's the individuals who are uh, of European descent, mostly, who um, inherently seem not to have that trait because they believe in individualism. Um, and so I think that's I think that's a large issue, too, as to why people don't want to wear their masks. And then I think some people are just in denial. I think people feel like once this is over, um, it is truly going to be over, and we can go back to what normal used to look like for us. And on several uh, fronts, we will not be able to do that, not in a healthy manner anyway. Right. Yeah. We're not just going to be able to jump from one to the other, not from from. We're not going to be able to come out of a year in hiding and go back into the sunlight and think it's not going to affect you. When you if, if Think about this. When you're in the dark for a long period of time, physically in the dark, like you have the lights turned out and everything like that, when you open the curtains or the blinds and that sun hits you, you're like, man, let me let me take this down a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, need to, I need to kind of <laughs> inch into it. I need, to, I need to, you know, slow roll myself into adjusting to that light. And we're trying to drop, jump from... A level of darkness so to speak into into the light and i'm using that me metaphorically and it just doesn't work like that so i think it's going to be a lot of people are going to be in for a rude awakening and i did mention uh before about um you know a lot, a lot of people are going to be dealing post-traumatic stress disorder on, on different mm -hmm. uh, levels and secondary traumatic stress on a lot of levels and just trying to and just trying to readjust it's, it's going to be a lot of that even for businesses for businesses that remained open for mm -hmm. people who continue to work. I mean, it's just it's, it's going to be a number um, of things that people are going to have to adjust to. Um, and unfortunately, we don't know what yet because a lot of people haven't even really grieved, whether it's the job, whether it's the loss of a loved one, because some people didn't get an opportunity to go to, to do the, the closure that they are acclimated or accustomed. Yep, time didn't stop long enough to do that, right? No, not it, it did not. Yeah. It, it, it did not. Um, and and so there are a lot of things that we're, you know, we're going to have to deal with probably throughout the, um, you know, throughout the year. When I mm -hmm. get time, I'm probably going to post an article here or there on my app, like two pages here, two pages there. You know, kind of addressing some of those right. issues in addition to um, a number of other things that I have some concerns now, about. Now, 
I know you probably call in with the topic in mind, but I have questions today, and we could do your topic. On I know you did. I know. I know you do. I, yeah. I called the last and the doctor, uh, Doctor Alexander and Doctor Hines, but I'm still going to get in what I need to. I'm not going to get in all of it, but I'm going to get in what I need to. Hit me with what you got. Okay. Uh, no, well, no. So, so you want to you want to go ahead on and talk about? What I'm not going to be as serious as you are. So tell me what you. <laughs> oh, well, let me tell you what. So I don't know that. Let me tell you what I had to ask you about. I want to know how do you how what do you think about code switching and simulation and assimil and assimilating uh, assimilation? Yeah, how does the two of those uh, negatively impact a culture of people? You said assimilation and what was the other? Code switching. Code switching. Y- yeah. Uh, okay, help me out with what code switching is. Define that for me. So when I get around a certain group of people, I start talking a different way to be able to. Assimilate. Actually, they oh, the same. Oh, so you're not really. So you're not okay. So you're not turning into a chameleon. Your personality isn't changing. It's just that you're changing certain. Um, is it, change your 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 personality is not necessarily changing, but you're adjusting. You're adapting. Right, and, and that's what you're saying. Exactly what I'm saying. You know, and I saw something yesterday. I was doing this this other thing with uh, um, studying. I, anyway, so we were talking about. Uh, if 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 you if an African American person, uh, if you had to guess if if you were going to be if we had to pick an animal that we would be like, the question was asked if an African American person had to pick an animal, what animal would that per- animal probably be like? And so the guy said, if anybody said ape, you already racist. So let's just get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then so he said, the actuality, uh, what a black person would probably look like if he had to be an animal would be a chameleon. And that's because we adapt in so many different ways for so many, <clears throat> so many different things. So chameleon to me, so in the business world, when, I, when we say chameleon, and, and not that I'm top on business, I'm just saying even nonprofit, no matter. When we, and, and, and even because one of my, uh, my second master's degree is in, is, is in industrial organizational psychology, and I focus on organizational behavior. Mm-hmm. So when we call someone a chameleon, that means they're not to be. Trusted. So that means their personality and what they can. That means they're Mitch McConnell. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Come so on, come on, D. Come on, D. That means they. So you can't trust them up under any circumstances. That means whatever is going to get them where they need to go, that's who they're going to turn into, and that's who they're going to agree with. So that's a chameleon, from from my perspective, from an or from from an organizational behavior perspective now if you tell me if you're talking about chameleon in terms of a we wear the mask that point that i referenced in many instances by paul lawrence dunbar then yes because there is a separate face that we have to put up but see that's the importance of and i've and i've mentioned this i've talked about it several times on my show but i've mentioned it or alluded to it on, on yours and so you have to understand who you are as a person. So when you walk into a, a, a you, when you, you have to understand who you are, you have to understand how you're perceived. Regardless of whether the perception is true or not, you have to understand how you perceive perceived to the respective audience. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what that means is in order, so that means, when I go and I may speak differently, I may not. I may not use a lot of expletives, or I may not want to say, "Are Are you kidding me?" Or I may not say to them, "You know what?" And walk up next to them, and I hate to sound gangster. This is gonna be D 
coming out. And right, come on, D. Maybe, maybe I would have done multiple years ago. I'm old now, so I went, this is not going to be me walking next to you and smiling to you and saying, you have one more time to say something to me. Quit spreading your ear where nobody else can hear and say, you have one more time to say something to me. That's gangster. That's gangster. And then I'm like, so, so I, I have to know Fair how warning. to do that professionally when I walk into a room. Okay. So when I say that, what that means is this. I can't tell you what kind of animal I want to be. What I can tell you is in order for us to survive, we do have to switch up. What that means is so when I get ready to be gangster with corporate, corporate, non-black people or none or people who are not of color, mm. then I know how to send emails and cover my tracks and do what I need to do. I know how to look at somebody very intelligently and smile when they're trying to insult me and i know how to play off the offense and say you know what i, I you know what wow i really don't understand what you're saying can you explain that to me because mm. what i know is this they're not going to be bold enough to open their mouth and say what they want to because <laughs> they're smart enough to know that i'm going to eat their and i mean this so you might have to bleep me out i'm going to eat their asses up <laughs> one way or the other yeah yeah we need more time way, but Come i on, do dude. it but i do it in te- but i do it intelligent right now mm-hmm. do they like that the absolute not and i tell anybody and i'm speaking of job if anybody walks me out of a job it won't be because i don't know what i'm doing it's going to be because they don't like the fact that they perceive me as arrogant actually i'm not i'm not it is more of how dare you not look at us and look at us in awe and do whatever you ask us to do mm-hmm. now please understand this we're t- i'm talking to you're, you're so to me that that is not assimilating. That's adjusting and understanding. We have to adjust wherever we go. Mm-hmm. When I go when I go back to certain areas, I don't talk down to the people there. I'm talking about places of where people of color. Because here's the issue. Let's be real. People of color don't like folks who can't who who um, can speak a correct sentence. Sometimes they got issues with that. They they really do. They... And they'll tell you you don't know me. So, so when I go and speak to, so when I speak to them, I don't talk down to them. I don't speak in slang, again. But I know how. But I know how to get my point across. So we have to adjust and adapt. Mm-hmm. Adapting and still understanding who you are and staying true to yourself and being able to look yourself in the mirror is totally different than assimilating. Right. Right. Assimilating is when you negate your culture. It's when you don't want to know your culture. doesn't matter what, what culture or subculture I'm talking about. It's when you don't want to know it. It's when you don't want to acknowledge certain things. It's when you want to be accepted. It's when either you have a lack of understanding about yourself or either low self-esteem. It is all of those things. So, so you then become like you, you almost become spineless because you're rolling with whomever you feel like is going to accept you. It's not about you getting ahead a lot of times. It's about who you think is going to accept you. Okay. And in order for me to be accepted, then I have to not adjust and adapt to what's going on at that moment, but still stay true to myself. Okay. I have to adjust to what these folks want me to be, and that is who I'm going to be, which means you never really truly know who you are. Now, right, that's so, my opinion. All right. So, we, you know, we're going to take that little FCC station break, and then we'll be right back. So, hold on. All right. Okay. All right. The opinions expressed during the sponsored programs on this station are strictly those of the program hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of Beasley Broadcast Group, this station, its staff, other advertisers, or agencies. All right. All right. We are back. Doc, you there? Yeah, I am. Okay. All right. I'm here. So now, um, so you were, 
Yeah, I know. I threw. I know. I, I had like a plethora of questions today. I I, I was. Uh, Look at him using big. Do <laughs> I mean, you I'm see? Talking, him? I'm talking to Doctor. I'm talking to Doctor Sewell. You so I mean, a, I'm assimilating. You know, right now. You know. Talking about I mean, we got a person here. How do you switch? <laughs> how? Oh my. So you know, I'm gonna tell you. I, I've experienced code switching subtly, but had to realize that that was what. I might have felt like I was doing, but I don't know if I was doing it to be funny or doing mm-hmm. it because, and I probably was doing it to be funny more than like, because I, I ain't never been good at being, uh, following nobody, especially mm-hmm. no cultural people that, if, if it's me, it's me, you know. I don't even, I don't even, I don't, I don't even think it's cool to whatever culture you are to deny mm-hmm. your culture because that's who you are. I mean, it's, it's, I got a problem with that. I mean, if you, whatever culture you but are. But inherently, but, but here's, here's, here's what, what I think need to understand about us and i actually just i'm, I'm getting ready to, to i don't know if i'm going to do a show on it or m squared c squared or whether or not i'm gonna um i'm going to uh do a two or three page essay on it but i do want to talk about the blueprint of the plantation model and how that fits into corporate america and mm-hmm. nonprofit mm-hmm. because it's the same it's the same model it's the same model yeah it's the same model. You got a certain set of people running it. They give you a certain set of overseers. They ain't gonna give you too many, and then they and and then they got the field hand. It's it's very it's it's very interesting when you look at it. And this is just my opinion. This is Donna's opinion. Mm. Um, but I think people need to understand some things inherently about it. It, it doesn't make an excuse for us, but inherently. And you, you and I have had this conversation briefly, but here's here's what I was saying. A lot of your uh, people are getting ready to get upset with me. We don't even understand as a people, and again, I identify as African-American or Black American. Um, as a people, we don't understand how the psychological warfare has played on us. We do things and we don't even know that we're doing them Mm -hmm. because we want to appear not to be the stereotypical African-American or black person. And we don't even know that. Right. And I think, and and so there have been a lot of subtleties that have happened throughout the years. And, and it has, at the end of the day, it has wreaked havoc on us. I was in a nonprofit organization in Atlanta some years ago. Of course, I'm not going to call the name, but I was working there. Right. And I was working with a set. It was primarily African-American. And when I tell you I got disgusted with the set of people that were in there, and let me tell you why. I saw them cutting each other, and what I call cutting each other's backs out, backbiting. I saw how they were handling the, the, mm. the patients, but, not, but more so each other. And I said to myself, and for those of you who don't know who Bull Connor is, then please go and look it up. I said to myself, Bull Connor and George Wallace and Bubba and the rest of them sitting down in hell saying, look here. I'm playing work. We, they, didn't even got, they, they said, you know what? We ain't even got to do it to them. They're doing it to themselves. Mm. It worked quicker than we thought it was going to work. Mm. Conversely, I sat up with a bunch of um, people of color, primarily African Americans. And educated, seem, I'm sure, right? That, that, who seem to think that they have made it. They're sitting in certain um, positions. And they seem to think they've made it. I sat up in a meeting. Not going to tell you how long ago, but I sat up in a meeting. And I watched these people. And this is what made me want to start writing on plantation and all of this stuff. I watched these people, how they treated 
the African-Americans who stood in front of them to speak. And then when the few people who came in who were not of color to speak, their part, their whole posture changed. Mm-hmm. You, you know that. And, and, and the amount of respect that they gave them was almost appalling, not because they didn't deserve respect. It was because of how they treated their own people who had done nothing to them. It wasn't equal across the board. Correct. Gotcha. They treated their own worse than they did others. Correct. And I have seen, but here again, psychologically, we don't even understand that we do things like that. We have no idea. So that warfare is not a joke. I was listening to, some years. It was a few years ago. You know how they have Hispanic Heritage Month and uh-huh. things of that nature. And they were talking about the foods. You know, I, you know, I have a few friends that are Latino, and they, they were talking about the foods that they eat and everything like that. Black folks. Okay, we had a we had a you know we're talking about Black History Month, so naturally, you know, they started with the chicken and all that stuff like that. Now here's the reality: I don't really eat I don't really eat watermelon. Mm-hmm. Not big on fried. Not really big on fried chicken. I'm not knocking. it. I'm, but I'm a I'm the quinoa queen. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. But here's the thing: I'm not knocking what you eat. But what got on my nerves is when when it was an interview of a chef on a on a particular radio station, and they were talking about it was Black History Month, and a lot of people are saying soul food. This is what they equate soul food with, you know. And and they were just talking about you know good old fashioned what we call good old fashioned soul food. Mm. The gentleman, the chef on there, and it was a black radio host and show, the, gym, the chef on there got highly offended and said, why do they think black people always have to eat that? We eat, he went through all this fancy food, and I'm thinking to myself, how many black people eat this? And if they do, they're not eating this on a regular basis. When my cousins used to come in from California, you know what? They expected to see a feast that my grandmother and the older people had cooked, stuff that they didn't get all year around. Right. And we didn't hardly get it all year around, but they went, but, but they laid it out on that table, those collard greens, mm-hmm. <laughs> that catfish. Hot water cornbread. All right. They laid and all of that tea. out. Right. What I'm saying is we have been we have been conditioned to be ashamed of, yes. of that. Oh, my we God. We have been conditioned <clears throat> to be ashamed of a lot of stuff. I know people in our age group that won't even talk to their children who are adults now. They said, well, I don't want to talk to my kids about um, race relations mm-hmm. because it's, it's different now for them. Okay, well, we saw how different it was, didn't we? And, Donna, they still don't, they still don't believe that it's, it's different. And that's what bothers me about some, some of us. Is it is not only is it different, it is almost in my mind worse. And so, but we didn't discuss that because we've been conditioned to be ashamed. Why should I be ashamed because some other people's family members and ancestors helped my ancestors hostage? Why should I be ashamed of my people? I'm not the one who went to go capture somebody and, and, and brought them across the, uh, the ocean. Right. But I'm ashamed of that. I don't even want to acknowledge that. So I think it's important to understand how, how we have truly been conditioned and why we feel like it's so important to assimilate, and we don't even know that we're assimilating. And by the time we understand that, most people, because all people are not, you know, I always say this, you got bad people in every bunch, you got good people in every bunch. But then when these, these things started happening in 2020, they didn't start happening, they started coming to light more mm-hmm. and more. Mm-hmm. Then when they started happening, then we got a bunch of young people walking around here confused because they've, they've never been educated. Yep. 
and, and okay. we used to tell you about, well, why are we always talking about Martin Luther King? Then we, we, we move past that. And they have, and it's not, they have never been educated. And that, and that is problematic because we have dropped the ball on that. We want to take books out of the school. To Kill a Mockingbird is one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. I saw some people over in Cobb County, black people, that wanted to take the book out of the school because it had the N-word in it. Yep. Same thing with Huck Finn. And I'm like, you know what? I went to a predominantly white school with, and with some bougie Caucasians. And you know what? Even if they thought to say that word, <laughs> it didn't come across their lips while we were sitting in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, I think we, I think sometimes I blame, uh, I, I, I'm worried about my, my uh, era of people that's not speaking out we just want to kind of cover it up like with me coming from corporate america at the time especially i was working at AT at&t you know we had a few of us be like well you know it ain't like that but of course the people that do know me is like i'm not letting it go like that because i'm seeing i i've worked in lower income communities and see the impact on what it has on us when we don't speak up so you at the corporate room at AT AT&T well with my company i used to work for I'm in there with the higher ups. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. I know, right? I couldn't, I couldn't even bring it back. But I mean, they still gonna give me my. I still give me my retirement check. I bet you that. I bet you. I better see my check. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes, I'm. I'm yeah, but um, when I was working in the area with all the corporate execs and stuff, and then they would send us out to our lower incomes areas in Chicago to work with these people, and then some of the people that were in my group that would work, and we would talk about the race disparity and how we treat. And then they get back in the office and, well, you know, we, it's not like that always. And I'm trying, no, I didn't try. I'd curse and I'd get mad. Like, why are y'all trying to make it seem like, I'm not caring if it ain't everybody. We're talking about what it is right now. I know everybody ain't racist. I'm not concerned about everybody. I'm concerned about what's going on right now that you don't want to talk about, about our culture and, and educate us and talk about, don't be ashamed of who you are. But some of us No, don't. you should not be. But again, we, we have to realize that goes far back. And we have to also realize that, you know, a lot of people want to talk about post-traumatic slavery disorder. And it's not that I, I negate that, but it seems as though we only look at one side. So we've inherently pulled some some uh, some traits. If some things are in us inherently, what makes you think that the people that held us hostage, they don't have some inherent traits that are still there? That's true. So why do you, so why do you drop your guard with them and then continue to play victim with what happened to us? I know, right? Yeah. And, and a lot of times I think, you know, just inserting on that, it's like the visual perspective that you, you are around also and what you're right. introduced to mm-hmm. and the different right. cultures. Because I know, you know, coming up, watching stuff like the Cosby show, you know, not necessarily being, you know, where your mother is a lawyer and your father's a doctor and everybody in the house is mandatory that they go to college and get a degree. And from there you decide what you want to do. But, you know, having a visual perspective of that is the, if that's the route that you would like to go versus a lot of what we're even seeing now, you know, we're speaking from our generation and maybe a few under us or whatever, but we've really got to focus and figure out the generation behind us and moving forward into the future. Like, how can we alter, change, reroute, or do something about this that we're speaking on now? Well, I think so. Society- the first thing is history. That's right, the first. Thing. Right. And I'm sorry. So it's two things. Number one, just really quick, because I know I don't, I don't have that much time. So with the Cosby Show, one of the things I want this goes back to how we've allowed, and I didn't say it like this, but I, this is how I'm. But this is how I always say it. We've allowed, we've allowed other people to define us, mm-hmm. and this is how we, and this is how we've done it, and we've done it unconsciously, but we've done it. So, meaning this, do you know when the Cosby Show came out, do you know it was a debate 
and in the new social media, of course, wasn't existing like that, but right. it wasn't existing at all. <laughs> but right. there was no social media, but it, there were debates on college campuses about, and when Cosby came out, he said, this is entertainment. But it was black people saying, this is not the way black people live. Yep, sure was. So was black people on college campus saying that. So I'm saying, what do, you, then what do you think about yourself? What do you think about us as a whole? You think none of us exist? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be this happy, but you know what? If, if when, when those other shows were on uh, Family Ties and, and, and our growing teams, you didn't say that about them. Sure did. Yeah. You, you didn't yeah. say that about them. But yep. the other thing is, his. we do have to, um, we're going to have to go back to, to history and not just King and X and what, and then when we tell those histories, we need to be honest when we tell them, but, but, and not, and, and not just give the highlights, but we got to give the lowlights too, not to disparage anybody, but have them understand this is what they want you to see. We need you to see other parts of their personality too, to understand that they were human and they were and they were men that actually cared about their community, even if they had flaws or these things had been taken out of context. But also, we need to teach about our history because at this particular time, we're allowing somebody else to teach our history, and it's not going down well. I went into a bookstore and they had roots in in the fiction section. <laughs> mm, wow, they had roots in the fiction. In the fiction so I was thing. listening. I was listening to Ricky Smiley this morning, and 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 uh, Jeff Johnson came on. And he was talking about how you can go online and find a young lady um, teaching uh, children, I think he said, like kindergarten, first grade, so five, six-year-old children, I believe. She was teaching them black history doing yoga poses, like saying things like, and he said, you can find it online. He was saying, he was saying, you, she's saying things like, so they, the people came over from Africa. We weren't brought over here. We came over here. Or our ancestors, we came over here from Africa, blah, blah, blah. And one of the examples he used was that she said, and then when they came over, they would, they were out, they would shove, um, they were shoveling, mm-hmm. like uh, dirt and doing these things out in the field. So now I'm going to show you what the shoveling pose looks like. And she was doing that like yoga, like she was trying to integrate yoga with black history. Really? And, and, and so, and my thing is this, you're trying to integrate those things, but at the same time, you're giving false history. See, nobody wants to deal with history when it's, when, when it's ugly. We cannot continue to, um, and I hate to use this term because I'm not saying it's, I hate to white, you, you can't whitewash history. And I'm not saying that just dealing with Caucasians because we are doing it as well. Just we can't it. take words out of a book because you say, oh, that's going to make him uncomfortable. Yeah. No, that's not that, that's 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 not acceptable. I was watching. Um, I was flipping a channel some years ago. Cartoon is on. It was called 1776, and they had a, a a person who appeared to be black sitting at the table signing the Declaration of Independence. Are you serious right now? <laughs> it wasn't about even black, even in the in the city. You, they might have been sitting there. They might have been sitting there serving them some water. Right. You know, and then going to sit back in the kitchen. But that's it. <laughs> that, that, that is it. So, no, I think one of the key things is to teach people about their history so you can teach them what they overcame. But you, but history is not just what's going on, what, what the famous people do. We need to point to everyday people. That's another part. We need to look at everyday people and, and try to find everyday people who are doing things, who are getting up, working every day, doing the best for their family, doing the best for their community. You know what? That is what we need to look at because history is just not about 
history is about to me about you being influential. It's not so influential doesn't mean I have millions of dollars and I can go do A, B, and C. Yes. Yeah. Doc, you know what? I, I knew you were going to be able to put a bow tie on this new Black History Month that we got coming up because you know we, we uh, Black History Month is going over into uh, March also. They've already said that we extended that. That's, that's the word in, in the streets. That's now. what they so, put yeah. out there like that? Okay. And I'm, I'm with All it. They right. got, I think right. They're calling it March. I forget, there's a term for it. They have a term for it, but it's March uh, March something, something. But anyway, Doc, thank you so much. I appreciate you calling in. Uh, looking forward to you calling in next Thursday. Yeah, don't interrupt me next Thursday. Let me say this. Let me say this. This is Social Work Month, and I'll get into that next time. It's also Women's History Month. Yes, it so, is. So I, I want to give a shout-out to both of them. Okay. I'll talk about I'll talk about that a little later. However, um, my app, now I still have some glitches, and it's still working it out, but my app, the, the first iteration at least, is out. Um, it's on Android, working to get it on Apple. Okay. Um, also working on... Um, a couple of writing projects dealing with social determinants um, of health, um, also looking at the effects of mental health in the African-American community, looking at doing some workshops, and I'll also be working with some youth. Um, right now, I'll give you more information on that because, you know, I'm not the youth person, so I'm working with somebody <laughs> else, working with somebody else, and I'm going to work with their parents, but we may have an event coming up in mid-May, but I'll keep everyone um, posted on, on that. Okay. Doc, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. You know I do. And I uh, look forward to seeing you, talking to you next Thursday. Thanks, Doc. All right. You guys take care. You All too. Right. Be All safe. Right. Be blessed. All right, y'all. That was Dr. Sewell called in and gave us a, a, a little of everything, psychological black history information. And uh, and I'm really encouraging everybody, please be true to your, to your history. Don't be ashamed of it. It is what it is. You are who you are. Exactly. Do not turn. And don't let anybody make you afraid to talk up for about your about your culture and call them out if they're not respecting it. You know, don't if you keep turning a blind eye, we're gonna continue to stay blind. That's all I gotta say about that. And and with that being said, like culture wise, I know me personally looking at like from a artistic perspective, we are able to create with nothing, you know. And when I say create, not just like, you know, painting or drawing or music or whatever, even though inclusive of those elements, but just in general, whether it's a style, whether it's uh, just how we wear something mm -hmm. that was not created to be worn that way. But a lot of people are become influenced by that where we don't even have a, a level of respect for it to that degree. Right. So start appreciating that, you know, and gravitating towards that. And, uh, and that's on many aspects. I mean, I've seen it you know, throughout the years in the fashion industry and, and it, the hair and everywhere else, you know, it's the they fly taking the hood, just come with something and, <laughs> and capitalize and create, you know, That's what I don't like. Commercial I don't like the fact that them. we create a whole, bu a whole bunch of stuff and then it gets taken away and then not even respected it. Like, okay, you do know we created this, right? So you just going to act like... Mm -hmm. I, I, there was... Okay, I'll tell you this real quick and then we'll go to a couple of songs because I have my songs picked. You know... Um, and the, the analogy was using Kim Kardashian. You know how she has the voluptuous body thing going on? Mm -hmm. But do you know, I can't remember the lady's name. I, I had it down in my notes. But they had this black woman, and they had her in a cage and using her body structure because she had a big buttocks and the way she was, her curvy bottom, bo her curvy bottom box. And they would use her as like a, a looking at her in a zoo. They would let you, at a circus, and they would look at her and talk about the way her butt was and everything, and, and they use her in, in a zoo. The whole blush was curls and curves, and now you have other cultures adapting that and thinking, like, okay, yeah, this is what we want, but you made a mockery of it. Actually, I had this woman as a circus person, big, big, a bigger black woman 
with their curves and all. And um, they honored her in Black History this month. I saw a, a guy talking about her. But anyway, uh, so we're going to take a quick break and come back. I got a couple of songs. I'm going to give you two of my songs, I know. Uh, and then we won't have much time. But uh, we'll be right back. This is Alvin. And Edmund. On The Real 1100. Hi, I'm Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and I'm here to help you make sense of medicine. Join me every Thursday at 11 a.m. for clear, informative conversations about health issues. Don't be intimidated by fancy medical speak. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. to learn what questions to ask your doctor about your medical conditions. Call me and let's talk about your health. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on Real 1100 a.m. You can also call in at 404-603-8770 with your medical questions. Be sure to listen to The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell, a podcast that explores emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In The Enclave, we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, spirituality, and even decision-making. The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All right, y'all, we're back. We're back. And uh, I think I'm, I'm gonna let my co-host. We got we got a great show planned for tomorrow, and then we we'll come back. We're gonna listen to one, I guess, one or two songs. Like we, we can go to that now. We'll we'll let them in on. Uh, Tell them about the show we'll tomorrow. Come back. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, play the song first, and then we will come back. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll be right back. you are to me incredible you bring out the woman in me with your style of love inseparable yes we All right, we're back. You know, I had to play my favorite, favorite and who person. who was that? Natalie Cole. Natalie I love Cole. me some Natalie, Natalie Cole. Cole. 
So we we're gonna we're gonna pause here for a church announcement. Not a church announcement. <laughs> Tell me what we got. Yeah, for tomorrow, we just want to give the listeners a heads up on tomorrow's show. Please tune in between three and four. We will actually be doing our first uh, men's show, all men's show. On Friday, uh, this is something we talked about in the past, and we really want to kick it off tomorrow. And we have a special guest tomorrow, so like I say, tune in. Um, everybody, listen, but in particular, we are just really wanting to focus on the the men's health, grooming, fashion, styling, like all of those things. And the first guest that we have will be Uriel Ali, and um, he is a yogi, a sensei, a cultural cultivator of human potential. And uh, he'll be in tomorrow. He'll speak on a lot of the good things as far as health and wellness for men. And um, I can attest to some of the things that he does as far as his training and all that good stuff. So tune in if you have kids that are interested in martial arts, if you're interested in martial arts yourself or just eating healthy, uh, meditating, all of those good things with how deep and far you're in or whether you're just wanting to get started. So make sure you tune in tomorrow. OK, so let me tell you this. The, I was looking at the, the advertisement. I absolutely love the whole uh, food thing. Yeah. But some of those yoga poses and stuff are just being in the yoga. I've always been fascinated with yoga, and I've only done it maybe one or two times. Yeah. But I was intimidated because I couldn't get myself in the positions that I saw everybody was getting in. And, uh, you know, you, you it's like they want you to, you know, just different positions. And I was like, and it was hot. And I was like, I cannot do this. And everybody else was like all limber and beat all over here. Well, they probably have been doing it for a while. I know, and that's, that's, that's what the coach tried to tell me. I'm like, okay, doc, uh, coach, but that ain't working for me. But but I'm, I want to ask him questions about the real, real honest benefits that he may have seen because he's been doing it, I'm sure, longer. So yeah. I want to know, yeah. does it really work? Does it put you in a place of zen? Like, what's your guy name does it all the time? Uh, Russell Simmons? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, he, and I wrote I bought his book, actually. Which one? I, he did a book on yoga. Uh, it's called, uh, it was, um, um, so we used to do a book of the month, and we picked that book. And, and Russell was talking about it's a red cover. I can't think of the name of the book, but it's good though. And that's what made me try to want to try to do it again because I had read Russell Simmons' book and he was talking about the benefits of yoga and all that it does for you and how he got started and why he started. Yeah. Um, but to be face to face with somebody, you know, and get all that good information and energy, knowledge, wisdom, that whole nine. But I right. can say, you know, on the element that I've done it, and to no degree am I where he is, you know. But um, just a little bit that I do. I feel that it, you know, keeps your body limber. Mm -hmm. I think it helps your day to go much better mm -hmm. um, because you, you feel more more flex, more loose. I mean, it right. feels like you, there's more oxygen flowing through your body. And that's just on that element. So with the meditating being included, inclusive in it, you know, I think it just gives you a whole nother sense of clarity and uh, everything else. So, okay. yeah, tune in tomorrow. All right, y'all. Uh, y'all make sure you be safe today and uh, and uh, wear your mask. This is not Texas or Mississippi. You know, we're trying to make sure we keep these numbers in control. All right. All right. This is Alvin and Edmund here on the Real Eleven Hundred. Thank you for listening to this special edition of Old Fashioned Health on the Real Eleven Hundred. We hope the information provided will help in every way possible. For more information, please visit oldfashionedhealth.com. Tune in at this time next week and stay safe.